Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well as we are finally here with our college football predictions. Yes, we are. It is that time where we sit around, project who's going to win the conferences, who's going to be the Heisman winner, who's going to make the college football playoffs, and also we are going to make some week one predictions with some of the games we have this week. Now, I, I just looked on the Google Sheets of the games. I did have Notre Dame and Navy on there. I picked Notre Dame to win that. So that one is wrapped up. And, of course, Notre Dame ended up beating Navy in that one. But uh, we'll talk more about the game, week one games, including one that's happening uh, when this pod uh, when this pod is already up. You know, the, the game between Utah and Florida, that will be already played. But we'll talk a little bit about that even though the game will be done once the pod is uh, when the pod is released. But we'll talk a little bit about week one. But of course, we are talking about week number one later on, and we are talking about our predictions for the college football season. And so without further ado, I think let's get right on into it. And let's talk about the Heisman. Let's talk about the Heisman Trophy predictions. Uh, of course, last year I went with C.J. Stroud and thought, you know, that's a pretty good pick. You know, Ohio State with the receivers they got, the offense they run, felt that was a pretty good pick. This year, there's a lot of different options I think you can go from. Uh, the, the most obvious one, I think, let's go ahead and get out of the way, is obviously Caleb Williams, uh, the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And if he wins it this year, he would be the first one in 48 years to win back-to-back Heisman's. The first one since Archie Griffin did it 48 years ago. And it's entirely possible. I do wonder if there's going to be some voters that are like, we already gave it to him last year. Let's give it to somebody else this year. Be different, you know. Even if he does, say, throw for more touchdowns than he threw last year, say, Instead of 45, like he did last year, he throws for 50. It's like, yeah, that's impressive, but we're going to give it to somebody else. Maybe the only way he could possibly battle that, you know, voter fatigue is if, you know, say he leads USC to the college football playoff, leads them to the Pac-12 title, which he didn't do last year, came, came up short in that game. And say he wins that, when he goes to the CFP, Maybe he doesn't win it, but he at least gets USC to the CFP, and that could help his case. It's like, hey, I have the stats. I also have the the conference title, and I also have us in the college football playoff battling for the national championship. So that could be that that could be a reason why he's not that voters might not vote him to win it again. But I think if he does all that other stuff and he has all the stats from last year, I think he wins it again. I think other candidates that could be up for this are like Marvin Harrison Jr., I think is probably the next obvious one as far as um, him being a wide receiver. There is precedent for this recent precedent with Devontae Smith a few years ago winning it for Alabama. And, you know, he won this one so Harrison could fly and potentially winning this one. And one thing I did not note when talking about Ohio State with Kyle McCord potentially being the quarterback is 
that those two guys played high school ball together. So there is some level of chemistry, even though they haven't played together on the collegiate level. But there is a little bit of chemistry there. And you wonder if that's going to come back uh, this year in, uh, in 2023 with McCord being named the week one starter for Ohio State. So you wonder if that's going to be the case, if some of that high school ball chemistry could come back and could really turn out to another great year for Marvin Harrison Jr. So it, it, it would be another Ohio State player getting it. It would be another receiver getting it. So it could be a really good sign for wide receivers like, hey, we got two guys that have won this award here in the last few years. It's entirely possible that it's not just a quarterback award. It's that you don't see the running back like a Mark Ingram uh, winning it. That, hey, wide receivers, they can win this award too. So I think it's entirely possible that he could win it. Also, just think about the gap between him and every other wide receiver in the, in the country. And also the gap between a lot of, between him and a lot of the corners that he's going to face. It's just like night and it's just like this, but maybe even more because that's how, that's how far the screen goes. But it's probably a little bit larger than that. But like he has a chance. He definitely has a chance to be up there and uh, hear his name called in December when they announced the winner of the Heisman Trophy. Like another guy that's possible to see his name on that list is uh, Jane Daniels from LSU. Uh, his name has popped up a whole lot with on Heisman odds boards. Uh, seeing him, and we talked about him, he's going to get a full year now after uh, what he did last year to really kind of build on that momentum and maybe carry that into 2023, and that could turn out to be a Heisman type of season. Another guy I think could be up there, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. You saw the stats he put up last year, and it was an incredible amount of yards and touchdowns thrown in Caleb DeBoer's offense, and just seeing what he was able to do there and kind of transform himself. And I imagine that he is going to be up here for this one, I think. Looking at what he's got coming back from that Washington offense, he's got two All-American receivers and Odunzi and McMillan coming back. And so I think that could really help his case when he got that level of talent coming back at wide receiver for him, whereas maybe if those two weren't there, then maybe wouldn't be on the list, but maybe would be somewhere down the list, maybe not as high up as he is uh, right now. So he can be somebody that's on here. Bo Nix, potentially, if he has another good year at Oregon, if he can carry over what he did last year, being turnover-free for the most part, carry that on over to this year, it's entirely possible. Jordan Travis, I think, is another one. Kind of remarkable to see what has happened with him in his time at Ohio, not Ohio State, Florida State, but and seeing what has happened with him where Florida State, there's some question marks there, but now they look like a really positive team. A lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, we'll talk about more with the Florida State team, but he's a candidate as well. And seeing what he was able to do last year with the Seminoles, I think that's entirely possible that he can do it again this year. I see Kay Klumnick's name mentioned as being somebody for Clinton. You got Garrett Riley coming in running that offense. It's entirely possible that he could have a Heisman type of season. You saw what Max Duggan did last year for TCU. Maybe he can do that as the full-time starter now at Clemson. Maybe it's J.J. McCarthy, you know, if he has a good season at Michigan. Although I think with Michigan and going back to our previews, they got Corum, they got Edwards, they got a, another offensive line that could possibly well be up for the uh, more 
trophy for offensive line, best offensive line in the country again this year. Uh, so I think while McCarthy could be a guy that could be up here, if the passing game does expand, uh, I think he's probably down the list. But I think he, it's a good it's a good option to have here on the list. And of course, Drake May I think is another one. Um, of course, looking back on the season he had last year, uh, the stats were just insane. Yes, he's losing his offensive coordinator. Yes, he's losing a couple weapons like Josh Downs in that wide receiver group. I think he still has the chance to be really good again this year, put up insane stats this year, and to be potentially involved in this race. I think Quinn Ewers could find himself in this race too. With the hype that Texas is getting, if he's finally figured himself out on the collegiate level, he's got a lot of receivers coming back with Xavier Worthy. They got a transfer from Georgia and A.D. Mitchell that is really good as well. And no Bajan there, so you might be leaning on the passing game a little bit more if, they're, if that's what Texas is going for. So that could be that could bode well for Ewers and him seeing his name on this list. But if I'm being honest, I think my top two guys I think are going to be Harrison Jr. and Williams. And they're probably the top two guys that will go uh, one-two in next year's draft and potentially be future Arizona Cardinals. If I think I have to make a choice, and this is going to be kind of in, uh, kind of foreshadowing my Pac-12 pick, I think. I think I'm going to go with Caleb Williams, and I think he's going to win it again this year. I think with the weapons that they got coming back this year, with the weapons they got from the portal and a couple of the freshmen they have, I think he has a very good chance of winning it again and really solidifying himself as being a legendary college player, especially if he wins it back-to-back. To be the first guy to do it since Archie Griffin did, 48 years, nearly 50 years since it's been done, I think with Semenum as being one of the best collegiate players that we've seen in recent times and would put himself on the pantheon of college football history. And you know what could also help? Pac-12 title, the final one, a CFP berth, and who knows, maybe winning the whole thing. And that would only boost this case as being one of the top players to play in college football history. Um, but I think for Heisman Trophy this year, I'm not going to make this too difficult. I think I'm going to go with Caleb Williams. But Marvin Harrison, I think, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a good bet, I think, to be a guy in this conversation and be in it right to the very end. Uh, like you said, Devontae Smith, he did it so Marvin Harrison can run and potentially win it this year. So I think he'll be in this race. I think a lot of those guys will be in this race, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams are going to be the top two guys. Now I'm going to go with Caleb Williams to win this year's Heisman Trophy. So with the Heisman prediction through, let's talk about the Power 5 conference predictions. And we'll start with the ACC and go in sort of order here as we did the previews. So ACC, I think the obvious top two contenders are going to be Florida State and Clemson. And, of course, those two with no division, they would face each other in the ACC title game. So I think what's going to, ha- what's going to happen, I think, is these teams are going to split the two games they have. They play each other here uh, pretty early on in the season. 
And I think whoever wins that one, I think will not end up winning the second matchup in the ACC title game. And I do think it's going to be hard to go against Clemson to win the ACC. I really do. Despite all the stuff going on with them with that, they do have some questions. But if Garrett Riley can really bring explosive offense to Clemson, uh, get some of those wide receivers to do really well, get them the ball in open space, can really transform club next game. I think it really set up Clemson really well. They There might be some kinks to work out early on with Clemson in this offense, and maybe they figure it out by the ACC title game. So I'll have to put in a reminder for myself that I, I'll have Florida State winning that game in here in a few weeks, but I'm going to have Clemson winning the title game. I Again, it's just tough to go against Clemson. It would be the eighth time in nine years if they did it. So it's hard to go against them. So I'm going to go with Clemson Tigers here to win the ACC and I'll have them lose here in a few weeks, but I'm sure they'll take an ACC title, another one, uh, even if they do lose to Florida State here in a few weeks. Big Ten champion. Who's going to win the Big Ten? You know, I think there's the obvious two. I think Penn State, you know, hearkening back to me and Peter and talking about them. I think they're a little bit of a dark horse here, particularly if those young guys so that – have a lot of potential, a lot of upside, can start to realize it early on, then I can think that that really sets up Penn State for something special here. But I think I'm going to make this a little bit easier for myself. It's going to be Ohio State, Michigan. Let's be real. Uh, These two are going to be the top two teams in in this conference. And Michigan's gotten the better of Ohio State here recently. And we've heard all these rumblings of, you know, Ohio State and Ryan Day. And, of course, they're not happy with losing to Michigan two times in a row. They're not happy about missing the Big Ten title game here recently. You know, they want to do what they're supposed to do, beat Michigan, go to the Big Ten title game, win that, and then go try to see if they can win a national championship. Hasn't happened in the last couple of years. That's because of the great job Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have done. Uh, I think they're only – Harbaugh's only second behind Kirby Smart in uh, losses here in the last two or three years. And shows it really is a testament to how well he's built this program after a lot of scrutiny uh, a few years ago when we were talking about, is Harbaugh on the hot seat? And I don't think that's the case now because going back to Michigan, they got a lot of guys coming back on both sides of the ball. Again, that running game is going to be one of the best running games in the country, I think. And that offensive line is still going to be good. And they are going to run the ball and run down people's throats. But McCarthy is the X factor here. If McCarthy can really take another step in his level of play, then that can really help Michigan win their first national title since 97. And, of course, looking at the Michigan-Ohio State game this year, I believe that game is at Michigan because they played Ohio State last year. That's the way schedules work, Ryan. So I think Michigan, with them having that home game at Ohio State, and, you know, Ohio State, they'll have their questions, I think, figured out by the end of by the end of the season, by the time that game rolls around. They'll have, you know, whatever questions they have, whether it's at QB with McCord or Devin Brown or whoever else, I think they'll have their questions figured out. I think Michigan, I think they're going to win it again this year. 
I think I'm going to have them beat Ohio State in the final game of the season at the Big House to clinch the Big Ten title, go to the Big Ten title game, and have a chance to face off whoever's going to make it out the uh, make it out that the West. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it'll probably be a blood bloodbath, but uh, I'm going to have Michigan beating Ohio State in the final game, going to the Big Ten title game, and winning that one. So I'm going to go with the Wolverines there. And just as a little bit of a foreshadowing note, you'll hear them pop up a little bit later on. Uh, Big 12. Kind of the final year is the Big 12 as we know it, with a lot of new teams coming in and Texas and Oklahoma shifting out, moving to the SEC. And could Texas finally see themselves winning this conference? I think so. At TCU, we talked about them. A lot of guys are gone from a year ago. Kansas State, kind of the same thing with them. Oklahoma, how's year two under Brent Venables going to be? Could have won the new teams like BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, make a play for the conference. I think the door is kind of wide open for Texas here to go and try to win this conference in the final year in its conference. And there's going to be a lot of teams this year that are going to be that are angry at Oklahoma and Texas and are going to want to show it like, hey, we take you guys leaving personally, and we are going to send you guys home with an with an L before you guys head off to the SEC. Your final Pac-12 games, final Big 12 games against us, are going to be losses. And I think Texas has the talent to kind of combat that. Again, I think a lot of it is Quinn Ewers. He's the X factor. If he's able to figure it out and be the guy that he was projected to be coming out of high school, then I think this could take Texas all the way to the Big 12 title and winning the Big 12. I think you take them all the way there with the weapons I got there. Sure, no Bajan, but maybe you got some guys that can help out in the running game. That and you got. You got A.D. Mitchell, and you got Xavier Worthy on the outside, a couple other receivers that can really help. And then the defense can help step up, slow some of the Big 12 teams down. We know this is a fun conference. We talked about it in our preview. A lot of teams like the score here. There's a lot of fun, chaotic games going on. I think I'm going to have Texas win the Big 12. I know it's it's kind of shocking thinking I'm going to have Big 12, the Big 12 champion being Texas. Uh, in its final year, and all this talk about, is Texas back? When is Texas going to be back? Um, I think I'm going to have Texas winning the Big 12, and we'll see how that one goes. That one can end up going sideways. Um, the first two, I think, you know, they'll be fine. Won't sweat it out. Uh, this one, I think, has a chance at just completely going south. Uh, no pun intended with Texas being in the south, but I, I think as – the easiest possibility of it going sideways uh, out of all these picks. Going to the SEC, and, and there's probably some of you thinking, okay, Ryan, you're probably, there's a little voice in the back of your head like, okay, you're going to find a way to pick Tennessee here. Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. I, I still think it's a, a year or two away from happening. I still think they need to get some more guys in there to compete against Georgia. So I think Georgia does win the East, and this will be the final year for divisions in the SEC. So I think Georgia wins the East for the final time. And then the West gets really interesting because now here we are with Bama. We don't know who their quarterback is. Now, listen, by the time we're in midseason, I'm sure they'll have it figured out who the quarterback is, who's going to be 
the guy that's going to be announced in the starting lineup uh, before games. I'm sure we'll figure that out uh, pretty soon hereafter. But it does say a lot that none of those guys has created a lot of separation where Saban can announce somebody. That is very interesting. And that and that does leave the door open for LSU. And we talked about LSU and a lot of the reason why they may people may be picking them is because of this uncertainty with Bama, with the quarterback situation, uh, with, with them having more questions than usual. So it does leave the door open. And, I mean, hey, listen, LSU made the title game last year, not out of the blue, and they're bringing a lot of those guys back. So I think it'll be a repeat. I think I'll have Georgia and LSU. And LSU, they, they got that game at Bama, but I think they can win it, especially with the guys they got coming back. And if Bama still has a couple question marks, I, I think LSU can beat them. So I think I have Georgia and LSU. And yes, Georgia's got their question marks too, but I think they're still the class of this conference. I think they will win the SEC and really secure another opportunity to go and win another national title and getting a three-peat. Then the Pac-12. I think this one is the toughest because there are four possibilities. Utah is going to be tough because with the Utah and Florida game, it's a huge non-conference game. Cameron Rising in this game. So that's going to be a big factor. You wonder how long he's going to be out. You have Oregon, which I think is a really viable team that I could see winning the final year of the Pac-12. I think a lot of it, a lot of what it comes down to with these teams is the defense, which defense can really step up and make the plays when they're needed to, get the stops when they need to, stop the team on a third down prevent a team from getting in and scoring. It's going to depend a lot on these defenses because I think we know what these offenses can do. We know what Oregon can do. We know what Utah can do. We know what Washington can do. We know what USC can do. We know they can put up points. Just a matter of this, the defenses. And I think whoever's defense shows up to play more and is not susceptible, I think will win the Pac-12. Now, of course, USC got started off last week against San Jose State. I looked at the stats. They gave up almost 400 yards to San Jose State. It was actually a pretty close game in the first half until second half happened, and USC blew the doors off them. But still, nearly 400 yards against San Jose State, eh, not that great. Now, you may look at the passing yards and rushing yards like they held them below 200 each. But still, getting close to 400 for San Jose State, you should be able to blow them out pretty easily, not let them score a whole lot of points. So USC, their defense already has some question marks. We'll have to see what happens with Washington, Oregon's defense, see if they can step up. And I'll tell you what, I I know I made the comment about USC's defense, but there's a reason why I took Caleb Williams, hearkening back to the Heisman pick. I'm going to take USC here. And, you know, I don't know if I – if this is on the list of these picks, if this is second behind Texas and feeling like this is going to go sideways, because again, you have USC, Washington, Oregon, uh, Utah, potentially on the table here to win this conference. Maybe if UCLA gets some stuff figured out, maybe they could be a dark horse team. I just think USC, they will 
on the back of Caleb Williams, find a way to win the Pac-12, do what they couldn't do last year, and take the title home for the final year and make the CFP. And that's as far as the Power Five uh, predictions go. I think somebody like in the AAC, I think going back to them, talking about them last week, Tulane is a good pick. UTSA is a good pick to win there. Um, I can't. I think Memphis is another good option if they can find themselves. SMU as well. Um, but that's as, as far as the Power Five conference predictions. I think that's how it's going to go. So the recap here: Clemson for the ACC. Michigan for the Big Ten, Texas for the Big 12, Georgia for the SEC, and USC for the Pac-12. Now, of course, this is going to be the final year before we get the 12-team college football playoff. And let's transition on over to college football playoff predictions. And let's talk about who I think are going to be playing here in the in the top four slots here in the Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl. That's going to be our semifinals this year. And I do have one and four here listed, but I don't – one and four, two and three. Um, I'm not going to make any predictions based on that, but I do think we will have USC making it, even though they, they will have to face some of those tough Pac-12 teams. I think they'll win it, and they'll go to the CFP. I think Georgia will. Michigan will. But I think Ohio State will. I think Ohio State will find its way back in and get the Big Ten another season where they have two teams in the playoff. And, you know, it's crazy to think about, you know, we had a discussion about who's going to be, who's going to have two teams in the CFP. And we've always kind of referenced, well, it's going to be the SEC. Would be kind of nuts if the, if the Big Ten would be the conference that does it twice in a row. I think I'll have Georgia, USC, Ohio State, and Michigan all all in the CFP. Now, I think Michigan, when they get in, if they get in, they would be out for revenge. You know, they went out sad against TCU and uh, didn't have a chance to go and face Georgia, which I think would have been an equal matchup with teams. You know, they're pretty, as far as scheme, seems pretty even. So I think Michigan would be out for revenge. Ohio State, I think, would be out for revenge after playing Georgia so close last year. But I, I, I don't think that hmm, – I don't know if they would give us a preview of USC versus Michigan-Ohio State before we get them in the Big Ten. I don't know. So maybe I could see it being Georgia versus USC. Caleb Williams going against – Kirby Smart and Georgia's defense, I think, could be a really fun matchup. Michigan-Ohio State getting a rematch there in the CFP. We kind of talked about the possibility of that last year. What if it happens this year? That would be nuts. That would just add another layer to the rivalry and would give the the winning team more bragging rights. Now, if, if Michigan beats Ohio State in the regular season and Ohio State beats them, Ohio State would probably have the one up on them as far as you know, talking trash to them. But if it's Michigan that or, or Ohio State, maybe, you know, maybe they win both those games. If, whoever wins the first game wins the second game. That would just up the trash talk on uh, whoever wins those two games. If it's Michigan that wins them, saying, hey, Ohio State, we beat you in the regular season and the CFP. 
and same thing for Ohio State if that were the case. So I do wonder if USC would play Michigan or Ohio State in there. Or who knows, maybe, you know, the committee would be like, yeah, let's give an early preview as to what might happen. I don't know if USC will play Michigan and Ohio State uh, next year when they enter the conference. I think we're still waiting on uh, that schedule. I think we'll find that out here in the months to come. So, you know what, screw it. I think I'll have USC playing I'll have USC playing Ohio State. I'll have USC playing Ohio State. Now Georgia taking on Michigan. And I think that'd be a really fun one. It, it'd be the game that we didn't get last year. And with Georgia and Michigan, or you know what? Hold on. Let's rethink this. You know what? No, never mind. Never mind. Let's go with that. Georgia, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. And I'll have USC beating Ohio State. And I will have Georgia winning that one. And I know we talk about it a whole lot. And we talked about when we got to Georgia and the, in the you know, the whole preview with the SEC. I, it's going to be tough to win a, a, three times in a row. It has not been done before. So who knows? Uh, with the way I'm going here, Caleb Williams winning two Heisman trophies that being for the first time in half a century that would happen. Let's go on and make some history with these predictions. I have Georgia beating USC to win the national title and securing a third straight national championship, cementing themselves into history. This is the year of history, everybody. Caleb Williams winning his second Heisman Trophy and Georgia winning a third straight national title. I think it just the storylines right there I think would be remarkable. So give me Georgia over USC to win national title. And th- and that's what I think is going to happen with the season. This season is going to be a fun one. And if those come to happen, we'll have a lot of historic things to talk about uh, once the season closes. So that wraps up as far as the prediction side of things for the season. That wraps that up. So let's get on and talk about week one. And here we are with all these games that are going on. Week one, it's finally here. And let's talk about it. And of course, again, Navy and Notre Dame, they've already played with Notre Dame winning that one in Dublin, by the way. And uh, Sam Hartman having a really good game, his first outing as the Notre Dame quarterback. So let's get on and let's start off with this game. This one is taking place. This will, again, have taken place by the time this pot is up. Utah and Florida now. Yes, Florida won this game last year. No Cam Rising this year in uh, in this game. So Utah's going to be down and out without him. But Bryson Barnes, if you remember, uh, had a, had, you know, did really good uh, in the time that he was playing. You know, had some bright spots in you know, the bowl game against Penn State and had some bright spots later on last season. So it's not out of the question that Utah can go in and win this game without camera rising. And for Florida, this does start a tough and tumultuous schedule that we don't need to reiterate. It's a, it's a doozy. And it's going to be a road game. And I'm not really confident on their quarterback situation with Graham Mertz and Jack Miller. 
with Mertz winning the job. Mertz had some turnover problems at Wisconsin. And we talked about Utah. They have another good defense coming back. So I think I am going to go with Utah here to win this one. Taking a look at the line right now, Utah four and a half. Maybe that's because Cam Rising's not going to play. But I'm going to go with Utah here to get a little bit of revenge here against Florida and take on this one and get to 1-0. Next up, Virginia against number 12, Tennessee. I'm going to be at this game. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, by the time this pod is off, I will pro- probably be headed to Nashville to get ready for uh, this one this weekend. It's going to be an early game, 11 o'clock game. So, uh, by the way, if you are watching, I will probably be in this. I will be in the sixth row on the Virginia sideline in the corner. So, if you guys want to take a good look, whether it's on your TV screens or, as just been announced yesterday or a couple days ago at this point, that you'll have some games that will be in theaters. You can check out a theater and potentially see me acting like a lunatic, either the good kind or the bad kind. And it's just like. Oh, yeah, look at Milton throwing a 90-yard bomb. Oh, no, we're lo- it's a close game. Throw out the whole season. We're trash. You know, it could get either or. Um, but I'm excited about this one. And I am hoping that the Tennessee offense, even though you, you are missing a couple pieces on the offensive line, uh, it sounds like Cooper Mace is not going to play. He might be out a couple games. So you're going to have a couple new guys that put in on the offensive line. I'm hoping to see a blowout. That's what I'm hoping to see. I'm hoping to see Milton go off against this Virginia defense. And I believe Chico Bennett is not going to play in this game. One, their stars on defense. It's not going to play in this game. Would have given uh, this Tennessee offensive line, I think, a couple fits with his pass rushing prowess. But he's not going to play. I think that helps Tennessee a bit. So I had Tennessee winning this one, and let me check the line for this one. Line is around Tennessee, around 28 points. Uh, I don't know if they cover that. Maybe it gets close. Maybe it's 24, 25, or maybe they do cover. Who knows? But uh, I have Tennessee winning this one and already boosting their offensive stats in uh, week one. Next up, we got Colorado taking on TCU. Uh, the first game in the prime era, Coach Prime era, uh, exciting times with them and TCU. Of course, talking about them a little bit earlier, losing a lot of pieces, but uh, a lot of exciting pieces coming back. Uh, they are 20 and a half point favorites. And this is going to be a home game for TCU. Colorado, they do have a tough schedule here. The predictions are in TCU's favor here. So I think the safe pick will be to go with TCU in this one. And the and the Coach Prime era does not get off to a good start. Again, there's going to be a lot of pieces that they're going to work in on that Colorado team. A lot of new guys coming in where the roster is just, again, completely reworked. Uh, I think it, it gets tough out the gate, and I think TCU takes on Colorado and beats them and starts off the Prime era with a loss. So I will go with TCU to win that one. Boise State at Washington. This one could be a sneaky fun one here in uh in the Northwest with this one being Washington. Washington favored by 14 points. 
talked about Boise State being a team to watch out for as far as the group of five teams. And this is a good opportunity for them to take on a Washington offense that is dynamite. And we talked about their defense a little bit. Has They have a couple good edge rushers and Trice and Zion over there. But defense needs to get a handle on making sure Boise State doesn't put up a lot of points to match what Washington is doing on offense. The line is 14 points. And the over-under is around 58, 58 and a half. So trying to do some math here real quick. You know what? Let's not do that with the YouTube video. It wouldn't look great me trying to do math in my head. It would just be like like fringe. So um, I think I'm going to have Washington win this one and beating Boise State. I do think Boise State gives them a good game for a little bit. I think that Washington offense, I think it's just too electric. They got a lot, just too much coming back on that side of the ball. And I think the defense does, does just enough. So I'll take the Huskies in there to start off 1-0. Next one up, Ohio State taking on Indiana. Uh, this one is going to be a pretty easy one. Ohio State's 30-point favorite. And even though they have a new quarterback, their wide receiver room, <laughs> amazing, led by Marvin Harrison Jr., Running back room, pretty amazing with uh, Mayan Williams and Trayvon Henderson Jr. Uh, with him. And then the defense, you got a couple stars there in Tui out, Jack Sawyer. I think Ohio State rolls. They beat the Hoosiers. It's not even that close of a game. And Ohio State rolls and starts off 1-0 against Indiana and gets a week one of conference win. UTSA and Houston couple teams in the same state, but in new conferences, UTSA in obviously the AAC and Houston in the Big 12. Uh, start, and this one's going to be at Houston. So Houston starting their Big 12 journey at home. This one should be a fun one, I think. I think I'm going to have UTSA win it. But I think this one can be a, a lot closer than we think it could be. And I'll have to take a look at the line and see what the line has. Let's see, Houston. It, UTSA is a, fa- a road favorite by two points. And we talked about their offense last week. I think this one has a chance to be a fun one. The over-under is 60. So this, can, this one could be a game that's in the 30s. I think I would take the over on this. Potentially, I'm going to have UTSA win it. I think I'm going to go with them and say they're the ones that start off their journey in, the new, in their new conference. I'll take a good start. West Virginia at Penn State. The first Penn State game of the year. Um, we'll have to see how this one goes. Uh, I, I'm really curious. Again, how, we talked about uh, a lot of upside with a lot of new players there, especially Drew Alar, the quarterback there. Uh, him coming in as a five-star quarterback. How's he going to do? And his first big-time action as the starter uh, going, going to be a night game on NBC. Penn State is favored by 20 and a half. And I can already hear Peter saying Penn, that James Franklin is going to find a way to uh, underwhelm us all in this game, uh, even if Penn State does win. Uh, so I would take both those odds, that Penn State would win and that James Franklin uh is underwhelming in this game and where it feels like it's closer than it should be. But I will go with Penn State here to beat the Mountaineers. This one should be a fun one, Charlotte. 
North Carolina, number 21, North Carolina, at South Carolina. Uh, at South Carolina. Well, whatever. This one could be, uh, this one's a fun one between, you know, states, North Carolina, South Carolina. North Carolina is favored by two and a half. I do give them the edges, I think, as far as the quarterbacks. May is better than Spencer Rattler. I think South Carolina, they, I'm really curious to see if they can build off that momentum from the end of last year against Tennessee and Clemson. And even though they just came up short against Notre Dame in the bowl game, see if they can carry that here in the early weeks of 2023. So I think I'm going to go South Carolina. I think I'm going to go with the Gamecocks here to beat the Tar Heels. But I still think that Drake May, he's going to have a pretty good game against Carolina defense. I, I think he's going to have a really excellent season. And uh, be prepared to see on the top of draft boards, everybody, especially talking to Matt. Be prepared to do some Drake May study uh, next year uh, with him. Next up. Probably the game of the week, and it's going to take place on a Sunday. Uh, number five, LSU, against number eight, Florida State. Taking place at Orlando. This is going to be a really fun start to this season. LSU is favored by two and a half. Both these teams have gotten a lot of preseason hype with how their respective seasons ended last year with LSU having a, a – Really good season after a shaky start in the Brian Kelly era. And Florida State finally finding some footing under Mike Norvell. This one has a chance to be a fun one. And Mason Smith is not going to play in this one. That's going to be a big factor for uh, LSU. Uh, he's suspended for this one. And they're not going to have him to havoc on the interior. And you could probably hear some cheers out of Tallahassee, Florida. Like, yes, he's not going to play. Um, but you still have Harold Perkins to worry about. <laughs> and we saw how monstrous he was last year. So I think this one, it, it's going to be fun quarterback battle. Jane Daniels versus Jordan Travis. I know we talk about, you know, the battles there. And I know, you know the quarterbacks don't play each other, you know. But again, that's a good quarterback battle heading into week one. And I'm wondering, I think I'm going to have to go with LSU here. Considering my SEC title game pick, I'm going to go LSU here. But Florida State, they'll be fine. Again, I'll have, I think they're going to beat Clemson in September. They'll be fine. And uh, they'll, they'll probably end up losing that ACC title game at the end and Clemson winning that one. But I'm going to have LSU winning this one and uh, giving us a fun classic uh, here in week one. And then on Monday, we got Clemson at Duke, uh, number nine Clemson at Duke. And a lot of Clemson fans, I think, are going to be watching this one to see how Garrett Rotley's offense is going to operate with Kate Klubnick as the full-time starter with Will Shipley coming back, a lot of pieces on the offense coming back, and seeing how they do, see if it's kind of like a TCU uh, replicant, replicant from last year. And I think there'll be some early signs, but I do think Duke, this, the, look at the line. It's 13 points right now. It's around 13 points, and they got a quarterback in Riley Leonard who himself has generated some kind of NFL buzz uh, heading into this season. Maybe he can continue that. You know, a good showing against Clemson 
could really do that. And a win, a win can, against Clemson could really do that. But uh, I think I'm going to go with the Tigers here. I'm going to stick with them and say they beat Duke. I think Riley Leonard does have a pretty solid game uh, to what should be a pretty good season from him. And I think Klubnik is going to have a really good showing in this one as he takes on the starting job and takes it head on with uh, Garrett Riley's offense being implemented and seeing how that goes the next several weeks. And I believe that that's all the games. That is every game that uh, we're going to pick this week. And I believe that's around the 10. So, we'll again, we'll usually do 10 and still figure out how to do the NFL and college football this year, if it's going to be two pots per week or if it's going to be just one. Uh, kind of figure out, figure out how that's going to go. But uh, we'll have to see. But uh, it's going to be a fun week one getting started this week. Really excited to be able to – well, I probably won't be able to watch as many games as I want to being at the Tennessee-Virginia game. But uh, really excited to uh, – well, we'll be able to see LSU-Florida State. So excited to see that. Excited to see Clemson and Duke on Monday. And then uh, get to fully sit down in week two and watch some of these games. And week two has some good ones too. So excited about that with college football finally getting underway. The wait is over, people. We've made it. After a long offseason, we're finally here. And we can pretty much, I think, say the same about the NFL, too. Uh, of course, a preseason full swing and the cuts being made. So we'll do the NFL predictions next week. And we'll have the division predictions, who's going to make the playoffs, all that stuff, award predictions and uh, do all that fun stuff and pick who's going to be playing in the big game in February. And that'll be coming up on Monday. So tune in for that one. That one will be a YouTube video as well, along with audio versions. So if you prefer either one, it's not going to hurt my feelings. If you prefer a video, that's great. You can go check us out at the 573 Podcast. Be sure to go like, share with your friends, subscribe, comment, turn on notifications for that. And if you like the audio version, if that's your preference, if maybe you're you're driving down, maybe you're going to one of these games and you just happen upon this podcast, maybe you can put this on one of your whichever your podcast preference is. Be sure to go share with friends as well. Turn on notifications for that rating, review, all that stuff, and uh, gear up because uh, we're this going to be uh, how's it going to be the next few weeks uh, with game predictions, everything going on. Uh, from last week and carrying it on over to the next week. So uh, this is gonna, how it's going to be for the next several weeks. So buckle up, everybody. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, as always, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in, however you do it, whether it is through YouTube or through audio with the podcast. Uh, it, it's greatly appreciated that you guys take some time out of your day to come listen to either me or listen to either me or one of Matt, Peter, or Rebecca talk about what's going on in the world of sports. It's greatly appreciated uh, that you take some time out of your day to do that. But uh, really excited with everything going on here. Football season finally getting underway and uh, us covering it. So that'll do it for us here, everybody. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, next week, NFL predictions. And excited to do that. But until then, have a good Friday, everybody. Have a good weekend. And we'll talk to you all next time.